Thanks for listening to The Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. Glad to have you again this morning. We are in week number five of our Limitless series, and uh, if you've been taking some notes or following along, uh, we want to continue to unveil just a little bit more of this unlimited life that we know that God has provided to us through Christ. Back in 2011, there was a movie that was entitled, uh, of our theme, it was a movie entitled Limitless. And the film followed a character by the name of Edward Mora. He was a struggling writer who was introduced to a nootropic drug called NZT48. I don't know if any of you remember that movie, but it gave him the ability to maximize and to use the full ability of his brain and with that thusly improve his lifestyle. So while he was on this drug, Eddie discovered that he has acquired perfect recall and that he was able to analyze even the most minute of details and information at incredible speeds. There were no limits to his knowledge, to information, and that he could totally recall everything he had ever seen, heard, or read. And while he was on this drug, Eddie's life dramatically improves. And he has incredible success in every area of his life. How many are looking for that prescription today, right? Like, man, I'll tell you if that was available, right? But the problem was the effect of the drug would soon fade away. And with it came terrible side effects, And it was a letdown of all of his previous successes. Ultimately, his mind just ran empty. He found himself on this incredible high, just enjoying everything that that he could ever attain. But then when the bottom fell out, he was abased and empty. I read the story of a wife who took her husband to the doctor because he began losing his memory, that, that everything seemed uh, like this character to, to wash away. And so after the exam, the doctor told the gentleman and told his wife that certainly his memory was not great. And so as part of the prescription that he really felt that the gentleman should start to write down everything that, that he was hearing so that, that he wouldn't forget so later that night, the couple got back home, and the wife said to her husband, would you get me a bowl of ice cream? And he said, sure, I'll be glad to do that. Would you get me some whipped cream with that as well? So he said, sure. And just as he was about to get up, she said, hey, you better write it down. I don't want you to forget. Well, he looked at her a little disgusted and said, I can remember ice cream and whipped cream. She said, all right, but hey, you know what? While you're going... I'd like to have some crushed nuts on the top with that. So you better write it down. I don't want you to forget. He said, I can remember that. That's not big of a deal. He said, well, if you're going, then could you put a cherry on top of that? But listen, I'm going to insist that you write this down so that you don't forget. He said, listen, 
It's not that bad. I can certainly remember that you want ice cream with whipped cream. You want crushed nuts on it and a cherry on the top. So the wife says, all right. And he goes off to get her ice cream. Well, 10 minutes later, he walks back into the room and he appears from the kitchen with scrambled eggs, bacon, and orange juice. And the wife looks at the plate in total disgust and disbelief before she says, you forgot the toast. (laughs) Oh, come on, that was a good one. Come on, that was a blind side, right? You had no idea that was coming. (laughs) You see, when it comes to our brain, it determines the experiences of all of the world and everything that we have around us. This three-pound mass that we have inside of our skull, listen, contains around 100 billion neurons. Those are the cells that transfer and carry information throughout our entire body. It's certainly amazing. And I know that when we start thinking about our mind and our brain, how many have heard the 10% myth? That we really only use about 10% of our brain. How many have heard that? Come on, join with me today, right? Probably all of us. And how many of you believe that? I mean, I would say probably a lot of us. Why? Because we've just heard that for the last 50 years, that we only use about 10% of our brain. But in actuality, that's completely false. You and I use big portions of our brain each and every day. They were able to track down that myth or that comment from a book written by Dale Carnegie, and probably a lot of you have maybe read it or heard about his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, where in that book he made a sidelight that when he was in college, he remembered hearing a professor talk about that we only use 10% of our brain. And he added in that to a best-selling book back in 1936. And like so many things in our world, we just kind of replicate whatever we hear over and over again until sometimes myths become something that we believe with our whole heart. And whether we have time for you to admit it or not, most of us would have gone through life thinking that we only use 10% of our brains. But researchers have proven over and over again that, that we use our brain and most of it doing even sometimes the most simplest of tasks. You see, our mind has so much importance on what we experience and what we go through in every experience of our life. And this is why the writer of the wisdom book, the Proverbs, says this in chapter 23. For as a man or woman thinks or believes in their heart, in their mind, in their soul, so they are. And when we think about the opportunity to live an unlimited life and to realize and to step into everything that God has to provide for us through Jesus Christ, we realize that one of the big sticking points in that process is what we choose to believe. About how big or how much that, that we can step in to think that, that, that God has this for me. And it's really this issue of our mind and our heart that sometimes keep us from living the unlimited life that God has for us. So for those of you that are here in the room today or online, and especially for those that 
are in a group. I want to ask a couple of start-off questions this morning. Can I ask you what you believe, really, about yourself? It's a deep question, and I'm not sure that you're ready to answer that fully right here in this moment, but that's the power of being in group as well. What is it that you really believe about yourself? What do you believe about your future? Listen, I'm not talking about necessarily gains like, like the character in this movie, about, uh, about being able to have the, the world by the tail. I'm talking about the things that really should drive you, about the things that you really believe, the things that, that you, in your heart of hearts, have really been willing to commit to. Do you believe uh, that through God that you have unlimited potential to do great exploits for the kingdom? You see, sometimes like that myth, we're led to believe that because of certain experiences or backgrounds or failures in our life, that the best that we might be able to hope for is that 10%. That, well, maybe, maybe God could use me a little. Maybe, maybe there's something somewhere along the line, and somewhere we have believed the lie, believed the myth that, that our life isn't worth much for the kingdom. And I'm here to tell you today that, that you have got to get your mind wrapped around that God has unlimited potential for every single one of us, that no matter what we've experienced in life, no matter how many failures that we've walked into, how many lies that we have believed before, that God wants to re rewrite your mind. Somebody say amen with me today. God wants to rewrite your heart today to begin to believe that there is potential for you to do great things for the kingdom of God this morning. See, in our life group, we have two individuals that have been sharing with our group their steps that they are walking towards what they believe is a great breakthrough in their life. After years of hurt and mistrust and abuse, and believing the enemy's lie that, that this life of unlimited potential that is going to be theirs. And let me tell you, friends, it is a powerful thing to listen, to share, and experience with them. We are literally seeing their lives changed every Sunday as we are gathering around. And they are now to a point where they're free to open up and express. And, and as we've talked about these things on Sunday, that, that, that the Spirit of God has just been sharing and working big time in their life. And when they come to group, they're now comfortably able to reach out. I had a young lady kind of in tears this past week just talking about that, man, if, 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 if this was in the summer, I don't know. But, but the messages that we've been sharing, the, the friendships that I'm surrounded with, that I know that God is allowing this great work to happen in my life. And man, we are rejoicing together as a group because people are stopping to believing the lie that their life is worthless, that, that the lies that the enemy says that we have nothing to offer to realize that God has built us for a purpose to do something great for the kingdom. Here's what I want every one of us to listen and, and to begin to employ this morning. You see, your potential, we're talking about spiritual things. We're talking about things that matter to the kingdom this morning. Your potential is in direct proportion as to your ability to believe God can empower you to overcome every obstacle that's in front of you. I want that to soak in for a little bit. Your potential for the kingdom your potential for God to do something awesome and massive in your life is in direct proportion as to your ability 
to believe that God can empower you to overcome every obstacle that's in front of you. Some of you see that, and maybe your first question is, Pastor, how do I get that ability to believe? Listen, there is no NZT48 in that. There is no magic pill, but I do have a couple of things this morning that I believe that will help you to maximize your God potential. The purpose that God created within you. Not just to ride the bench, but to get into the game. Somebody say yes. Not just to be the number six man, but to be a superstar. To be someone who's willing to take the ball and to walk through and to run through this life with great purpose that God has for you. How do you get that ability to believe, to do great things for the kingdom? Here's the first thing that I think that every one of us need, and that is intimacy with God. You see, for us to believe is that we need to know God intimately. We get that through what Christ has done for us. We read about that in the scriptures, and we believe that God has given to us in this day the power of the Holy Spirit to abide within us each and every day. That when we have intimacy with God through the connection with the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in our life, he begins to give us the truth that helps us to identify that we can have the ability to believe that with God all things are possible. That there is a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, hope, or imagine. You see, our ability to believe, to maximize the potential for the kingdom starts with our ability to believe through the intimacy that we have with God. There's a great story in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that helps to, I think, drive some of the things that I want to share with you this morning. It is probably one of the most familiar passages of scripture, one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. It's the story of David, and primarily in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it is the story of David as he is about to face the giant Goliath. I'm sure that most everyone in the room at some point or other has read this story or it has been read to you. But I want you to find some connection, maybe some truth today that, that you have never really seen or read this morning that helps us to get this ability to believe through this story of David. I think there is something especially exciting to read about this young boy. Think about it with me. As he walks past all of these battle-proven soldiers of the Israelite army who are now cowering behind all of these rocks as that giant Goliath would come out every day and defy them and defy the God in which they served... As they watch this little boy, without much armor at all, walk past them down into the valley to face this giant by the name of Goliath. I mean, can imagine if we could just kind of create that movie scene in our mind right now. What it not only must have looked like, but what it must have felt like to all of the characters. And here's a couple of truths that I want you to see in this story that gives you and I the steps to give us the ability to believe that with God, that all things are possible. That, that through this story that we're going to recognize that God gives us the ability to believe 
that he can help us to accomplish great exploits for the kingdom. You see, the first thing that we see that is in the heat of the battle, David believed. Say that word believe with me. David believed. In the heat of the battle, David believed his God was greater than the enemy that he faced. You see, there was this time that brought him to this moment, and we're going to back the story up a little bit. But when David stood before the giant, he didn't stand with his knees knocking, with his voice quivering, with someone in his mind wondering, what in the world am I doing here? Did somebody like bump me out of line? Did I get picked out of a lineup? That, that how did I find myself here? That wasn't the image that David took on facing this warrior giant by the name of of Goliath. David believed on his way down to the valley. David believed when he stood before this massive giant that his God was greater than any enemy that would ever stand before him. Listen, friends, if you want to believe that God has great purpose for your life, that there is unlimited potential, then the first thing that you have got to believe, that your mind has got to confirm to you, is that you serve a winner, that you serve a God who is greater, that you serve a God who is bigger than any enemy that stands before you. You see, in the natural, it didn't look like a fair fight. But Goliath didn't really know who he was up against. Somebody say yes with me today. You see, he was fighting more than just a little teenage boy. He was taking on God Almighty that day. And Goliath, here's what the scripture says. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. Just kind of understand the tension about what's happening in the valley that day. And he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Listen, I think you've probably heard this story long enough for me to help you quickly understand that in the natural, to see this giant where some have said he could have been upwards of 10 to 13 feet tall, going against this little boy that is described with all of his warrior regalia, the spear and the shield and the sword and everything that made him such a famed warrior to now stand in front of this little boy. But David believed that his God was greater than any enemy. And I don't think there could have been a better visual for us to tell the story than to see this little boy standing in front of this massive warrior giant. You see, those were the words that the enemy spoke to this little boy. But because David was filled with this power inside of him that his God could do anything... 
that nothing stopped him in his retort back to this giant where he said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, who is my victor, who is my sword, who is my shield, amen, who is the glory and the lifter of my head. You see, David chose to believe that the name of Jesus, Come on, church. That the name of Jesus is greater, is more powerful than any situation or circumstance. You see, how does he get there? I know that's the big question. How do you have that kind of power in that moment to stand in front of a giant without your knees knocking? Not believing the lies that you're worthless, that you're no good. How can you stand before the enemy and say, listen, bring me your best. Come at me with everything that you have because nothing is going to touch me. But I'm coming against you with the name of the Lord God Almighty. You see, his potential to overtake the giants went up as his ability to believe became fortified there in that battlefield. The ability to believe, hear me today, church, is a process. You see, David didn't walk down into that valley to face Goliath from the very first time without understanding that there were things that had to happen before to bring about this day of battle. You see, this truth about you and I having the ability to believe. In fact, the Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith and belief. So there is no one here today that is, that is striving to know God that says, Pastor, I, I got nothing. I got no faith. I got no belief. I got no ability. Listen, if you've asked Christ to come into your life, the Bible says, listen, even the, the nothing that you feel you don't have, God does something for you that you can't even do for yourself. God gives you faith to believe. God gives you faith to act. God gives you faith to trust in him and in his word. So even when we are completely empty, how many are glad that God does for you what we can't even do for ourselves? And sometimes it's that starter faith to believe. But then we recognize that it becomes a process. And our potential goes up the more that we believe that God is with us, that the gospel is true And that the more that we trust him, the greater our faith becomes, the greater the strength and the power of the Spirit of God moves within us that no matter what we face, we realize that we believe the word of God now more than the lies of the enemy. You see, but this process is necessary for victory. If David had not spent time in this process, he would have just cowered with those soldiers like they all were, rather than going down into the valley. I want to talk to you about something really specific this morning. You see, because sometimes we think, well, well, David was special. David must have had an advantage. Uh, God must have just selected David or, or picked him out. And, and listen, Pastor Jim, I, I don't have that. In fact, I know that when some of you, you hear that story, or you hear these words about stepping into this limited potential and you read and see the story of David, a lot of you are just like, yeah, Pastor Jim, but you don't know my story. 
Like you don't know the things that have been said and spoken over my life. You don't know the hardships that I've faced. You don't know the failures that, that I've repeated sometimes over and over again and the difficulties that it has faced in my life. But I want you to hold on a minute. You see, because David's potential didn't maximize in his life because he was anything special. In fact, almost just the opposite is true in the life of David. See, I don't know how many of you remember, if we just back the story up a little while, that the prophet showed up at the house of Jesse, David's father. And the prophet said, I've come to sacrifice because the Lord has showed me that the next king is going to come from the house of Jesse. And this was going to fulfill a lot of prophetic words that, that the Messiah, that Christ, was going to come through this line. And so after going through the first seven sons of Jesse, hear me today, everyone, say that word with me, everyone was bewildered as to why the prophet hadn't heard from the Lord. You probably know the story. The prophet shows up, speaks this to Jesse. Jesse lines up all of his sons, so he thought in the moment. And they walk by him, each one from the eldest, all the way down the line, we're thinking, well, surely. Eliab, number one, said, listen, guys, you don't have a chance. Like, I'm the eldest. You know the heritage that God placed upon us as Israelites, this double portion that comes to the oldest. Listen, this is mine to claim, mine to take. And Samuel said, next. The next one stood up to say, oh, man, this has got to be my moment. Like, like if it didn't go to Eliab, certainly I'm the number two. It's going to go to me. And Samuel said, next. And all the way down the line to the last son at home that was called because the prophet was coming to anoint. Here's what I want you to hear. The father invited all of his sons to sacrifice as the prophet showed up that day, but David. Can you sink in with that with me for a minute? You see, this intimacy that David moved through to understand his potential began by way of abandonment. For those of you that seem like you can't relate to some of these big stories in the scripture because some of the mistakes and challenges in your life, or somehow that God only chooses to use special people to do special things, I want you to know that one of the greatest stories in Scripture is based about a young boy that was abandoned by his father. The, saw, the father saw no potential in this son, or could I say to those of us today, the daughter. Because some of you can relate. Some of you have a story. This is Pastor, like you're reading my mail or you know my history. My mom, my dad, whoever saw nothing in me. Still to this day have nothing good to say about me. Oh, they love my sister. They love my brother. They'll do anything for them. But somehow down the line... 
They've got nothing for me. And as much as you would say, listen, in our humanity, that I'm like healed, I'm good with that. Listen, I know you're not. We're not wired for that. You question still to this day why. And sometimes our potential is limited because we have believed the lie rather than understanding the truth of our Father, our Heavenly Father. You see, in those lonely shepherd fields, David may not have been close to his earthly father or to his family, but he took steps to draw close to his heavenly father. You see, he worshipped at times. Some of you that are familiar with the scriptures know that through sorrow, through grief, and even through loneliness, that David committed his heart, his mind, to a God that he knew had his back. You know, as I was thinking about this even this morning, this thought just came to me. I sometimes often wonder when we read through the Psalms why some of them seem to be so difficult to read through. Like where is David's mind? Where is his heart? Some of them are, are in the sense downers. David is just kind of some of these psalms that we write, not all of them are just so pleasant and uplifting. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, sometimes when we read the, David's just crying out, right? David's just kind of pouring all this stuff out of his heart. Like, man, I've been abandoned. I've been lost. Like, God, where are you? God, why are you allowed? And, you know, kind of like reading all of that, I'm kind of like, what's up with David? And then it kind of hit me this week. The reason why some of those psalms is because David lived a life of abandonment. Because David was looking for some of the things that you and I are in such desperate need of here in this life. And he realized that the only soul, the only way that my heart and my mind can be filled and keep me restored is realizing if I can't get it here, I've got to know that I've got a God in heaven that has me covered, that loves me, that will never lose, that will never abandon me, that will never leave me or forsake me. And so through his grief, he still worships this God and powerfully begins to exercise his belief that no matter what, no matter if I'm abandoned in this life, I've got a God that is with me every step of the way. You see, I want to tell you here this morning, or those that are with us online, you may feel lost, abandoned, lonely, or left out. But what I'm asking you today is don't focus on your giants. Revel in the gift today that you have a God, a Father who loves you, who will never forget you, who will not abandon you, but says in you, you've got potential to be a giant killer someday. God is birthing within you the potential, but it takes you and I the ability to believe that God is for me. And not against me. Are you tracking with me this morning, church? So David used this loneliness, this abandonment to become the battleground for one day God to use him in an amazing way. You see, this, this is a process. Some of you maybe, maybe this morning just sparked a belief in you that, that you've never even had before. I know it doesn't still seem real or possible. It still might seem like it's far off, but I want you to know that every raging fire starts with a spark. And you are a giant killer 
And God is upping your ability to believe this morning. That no matter how bad my backstory is, God's pen today is going to rewrite some chapters. Amen? God's pen is going to rewrite some stories this morning. The second thing that I want you to share, I want to share with you this morning is that David didn't believe. Say that word with me. David didn't believe. David didn't believe those who said he couldn't beat a giant. Mainly his family, particularly his brother. Now I want you to listen to this motivational speech that we read about in scripture just prior to David going down to fight the giants. How many have seen enough movies, right, that before the the small little army is about to take on the big massive army across the field that somebody steps up and gives one heck of a speech, right? I mean, talks about, listen, we are small We've got no weaponry. There is nothing, but we've got heart in us, and we are going to go out there, right? And all the the, are you with me this morning, right? Some movie buffs here, and they're just getting all ramped up, right? We're just kind of talking to ourselves. We're telling ourselves that we can do this. Well, listen to David's motivational speech as he's about to go down to face this warrior giant Goliath. Then Eliab, son number one of Jesse, David's oldest brother heard him speaking with some of the men and he burned with anger at him. Anybody have an older brother like that in the house, right? No matter what I do, right, somebody from within the family is just coming for me, right? He burned with anger at him and said, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? How many can feel the shade, right, that's getting thrown at David right now? Because the truth is, David probably wasn't watching over three or four sheep. David was probably watching over three or four thousand sheep. But isn't it just like a family member to crush you when you're down? Hello? Sometimes those that are closest to us have the ability to bring some of the biggest pain in our life. Anybody say yes? So Eliab is like, who who do you think you are? I mean, leaving those, you, you know, you're worthless. You got that little, those few little sheep over there. You're trying to come in here and be a big shot, kind of be a show off in all of this. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. How many think, man, what a powerful motivational speech to get me ready to fight a giant today? Yeah, kind of a William Wallace Braveheart moment, if we've ever heard it, right? I was going to show you the clip, but I I didn't know if it would fit this morning. But I love, they have some of those Geico commercials. And kind of one kind of far back was the dad talking to his kid, like, did you know that Pinocchio wasn't a very good motivational speaker? You remember that one? Pinocchio's up and there's kind of a a warlorn group at a hotel conference room, right? And he looks and, and he sees the crowd and he says, when I look across this crowd, I see so many of you with untapped potential, you have potential, and his nose grows, and, and you have potential, right? 
It's a hilarious commercial. And I think this idea, right, that as David's about to go, that those that were the closest to him took their last shot to take him down. Listen, I'd like to say some of our biggest enemies are those outside, but how many know sometimes our biggest enemies are those right here? You see, sometimes faithless words are spoken by those that are closest to us. We are often hurt by relationships that are within the family. And if you're wondering, Pastor Jim, that's what's holding me back. I've never gotten any support. I've never had parents or family members that believed in me and it's crushed me all of my life. And so then I just kind of transfer that to God that if my earthly family doesn't care about me, then, then how does a heavenly God care about me? And if you don't think that God understands your dilemma or what's going on, then let's look at Matthew chapter 13. It says, when Jesus had finished with his teachings, he moved from where he was, and he came back to his hometown. How many already know that this is going to go in a bad direction? And he began teaching those in his hometown in their synagogue, and they were amazed. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom and this miraculous power? Is this not the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't those his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And aren't all of those sisters his as well? Then where did this man get all of this stuff? Who does he think he is? And they took offense at him. If you don't think Jesus knows some of the hurt and the pain that you have experienced that has come from within your home, then just continue to read Matthew 13 today. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and within his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Could you imagine God incarnate as Christ that could heal the lame, that could bring sight to the blind, that could raise the dead, but because of those that were close to him would not believe that it's not that Jesus couldn't do it. It was their lack of faith, their inability to believe in him that they stayed right where they were. Hello? You see, this process that gives us the ability to believe is to recognize that we will find people, that some that are even closest to us, that keep us from living the big dreams that God has for us. Let real life be a house of hope this morning. Let real life be a place that even if your family, your earth family, has denied you. Can I tell you today that you are in a place that loves you, that believes that God has great potential for you. That you are not your past. That God has something. I hope that you're experiencing some of this this morning. I hope that you can feel 
the power of God speaking into your heart this morning. You see, we've said before, when you know your why, when you believe your why, why am I here? Why, what purpose has God built for me? When you figure that out, you'll figure out the how. You'll, you'll step into what's next. You'll get up from where you are and start heading down into the valley to take on any giant that stands before you. I thought what it must have been like to the, see the expression on David's brother's face when he came up out of the valley holding the head of Goliath in his hands. They didn't believe a couple of minutes ago, but they could never deny from that day forward that God put his touch on their little brother. And can I tell you today that you are not small and that you are not weak in the kingdom. You can be a warrior for God. That God can put within you the spirit to be a giant killer. You just have to believe Let me give you this last thing this morning. I think the great trilogy in David's story that now continues to pervade these thousands of years later is that David chose to still believe even when Saul, the sitting king, was throwing spears at him trying to kill him. You see, in 1 Samuel chapter 18, God had taken his hand off of Saul and things were going off the rails But David found him in the the palace, in the castle. God was beginning to strategically place him. And sometimes even putting him around people to show him, listen, one day you're going to be the king, and I want to show you right in front of your face the kind of king that I don't want you to be. Have you ever thought about why you at times find yourself in difficult situations and circumstances? Boy, don't we want to bellyache to God? Don't we want to yell to God like, why am I here? Why are you allowing this to happen? Sometimes God has you in the training ground to recognize, because i got big plans for you, but I want you to see who I don't want you to be. And David hung out into the castle. And the Bible says this in 1 Samuel chapter 18. The next day an evil spirit came forcefully on Saul while he was prophesying or while he was boastfully talking about himself in the house. And David was there playing music as he usually did. And Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself, I will pin David to the wall but David eluded him Twice, somebody say, you got to be kidding, right? Not just once, in fact, in the story, three times Saul tried to throw a sword at David while he was walking through the palace. You wonder, is it amazing belief or was David out of his mind? You see, no matter how difficult situations and circumstances come, And sometimes we're at a place where we recognize, God, why am I here? Why are some of these difficulties happening in my life right now? Can I tell you that sometimes that it may just be God putting you in situations and circumstances that are honing you out of some of your own self so that you can be filled more with God's presence and power so that when he unleashes you 
to fulfill your God-given calling. That you are going to do it not out of anything that is of yourself, but only that which God has invested in you by the power of his spirit. Listen, I don't think any of us have a testimony to say, yeah, my boss has tried to kill me not just once, and I still went back to work, and then he tried to kill me again, and I went back to work, and then he tried to kill me again for the third time. I mean, what would you tell somebody? You, my friend, are out of your mind. We wouldn't stay in that kind of situation, right, in this life. But David, what did we say from the very beginning? Had intimacy with God. David knew that God knew exactly what was going on. His ability to believe gave him the power to endure and exist whatever God was going to lead him through so that one day David could become the giant killer that we talk about some 3,000 years later. Yeah, I'd like to tell you that every path and every purpose is just going to be like rose petals. But sometimes God works in some ways to help us to know that our only help, our only hope comes from Him and Him alone. So what do I want you to know today? I want you to know that there's no magic pill in all of this. I want you to know that your unlimited potential is in direct proportion, first of all, to this level of intimacy that you need to have with Christ. You see, if you're going to do big things for God, then you got to be super close. You got to know that you know that you know. See, you can't just call it in. Can I tell you that our Christian walk doesn't work just by Sundays only? It comes by intimacy with God through Jesus Christ. I think for all of us, that's time in the Word. That's it's time in prayer. I think for hopefully that we've been talking to you this semester, that might be being in a life group. And maybe not only you getting a chance to finally unload some of the garbage that you've carried for a long, long time. Maybe part of your healing is to knowing that you are connected not to brothers and sisters that are going to knock you down every time they get a chance, but you're going to sit among brothers and sisters that are going to love and encourage you and cheer you on. To say, God's got great potential for you. Don't let the enemy waste another day, another minute, another second of your life, church. But today is the day to step into your destiny. To step into the unlimited potential that God has put within you. What else do I need you to know? That no matter how big that giant looks in front of you. Can I tell you, that giant doesn't know who he's messing with. Because what is inside of me is the power of a God who promises to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask, hope, or imagine.
You see, David was abandoned by his father. He was ridiculed by his brothers. He was hunted down by his boss. But we rarely hear their names preached about. But how many know the name of David and the story of a boy who put his hope and trust, who had the ability to believe that with God everything is possible? I just had this thought this morning. You see, there was another father who abandoned his son that gives you and I today even the right and the opportunity for us to be called the children of God. God the Father put his son where Christ called a father, why have you forsaken me? God put him through the worst so that you and I could live our very best. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray for those of you who are watching with us online. I don't know, I don't know online if you can feel what's in the room. Church, can you feel that God is here with us today? That we are in a house of miracles, amen? That we are here to say, God, increase my faith. God, let my mind be free to believe today that what was spoken over me, what was spoken to me for a long, long time are not the words that I choose to embody or live anymore. Not that I'm a loser. Not that I'm a failure. Not that I'm the, I'm the least of the favorites. But today I'm a child of God's. Today I'm a son of my heavenly father. I'm a daughter. I'm a princess of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And in this process, I'm going to choose to believe. I'm going to choose to believe that God is breathing his spirit inside of me and that I'm going to be a giant killer. Whatever it is, wherever it is, I am going to believe that God is for me and not against me. Come on, church. Can you say amen with me today? Maybe God has me in a place to believe for those that are finding this freedom, are finding this moment to reach out, whether it's in a group, whether it's this morning, to say, Pastor, I'm going to choose to believe that I serve a God who lavishes his love on me, who calls me by name, that I am his. And I am connected to a family here that's not going to ridicule me, that's not going to throw me or push me down is going to help me to follow you who's the encourager and the lifter of my head today. That's the kind of family I want to be a part of. Amen.